Today, I'm sitting down with one of my very dear friends and also the host of one of our newest podcasts. Amy Porterfield is probably someone that you already know. She has built a massive business inside the online space. She has spoken at many RISE conferences. She's been on my podcast before. And for the first time ever, Amy is doing something very different. She's speaking on a topic that has nothing to do with business. Today, I sat down to talk to her about her new podcast, Talking Body which is about the relationship that we as women have with our bodies and how it seems that no matter how successful we are in any area of our lives, we still struggle with feeling like we're not enough if we don't think we look the right way. We talked about everything in this episode to give you an idea of what to expect from the new pod. So listen in and if it speaks to you and if some of the things that we're talking about sort of hit you right in the heart, then I hope you will subscribe to our newest podcast, Talking Body, which debuts this week. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. You're doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. And like always, Rachel, this is always me. I'm nervous. It always happens this way. But I feel like it's good to be nervous because it means you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Very true. And this is way outside of my comfort zone. Right. What's cool to me about this is I feel like we've kind of been talking about it and marinating in it for a while. Like we've talked about this concept on stage a few times. We've talked about it on our girls trips together. Like I remember sitting, were we in Tucson? Where we I were think sitting? it was the Tucson yeah. trip. Yes. Yeah. And I was, I was like, this is, you got to talk about this. This is a thing. Which just by the way, because I'm trying to be better about when people are part of my gratitude, telling them that they're part of my gratitude. So I do gratitude work every morning. And I've, instead of just sort of, oh, I'm grateful for this, which I still do. I spend time every single day now kind of being present in past experiences that I'm really grateful for. And okay. one I always that always comes up for me is that Miraval trip. It was real. I, I love that you say that. I think about it often because we had these really good conversations. Like we went deep yes. and it was only like 24 hours, right. but it was so good. Needed. It was all we yeah. needed. So... <laughs> Let, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start with what, what you're feeling, what you're thinking? Like, where you know, you again? 
We've done, okay. So with the help of your team, I've done a lot of work around what this podcast is going to be about and why it's important. And in the first few episodes, I share a lot about my own experience of dieting and wanting to lose weight. And I keep coming back to this concept of wanting to get to a goal weight. And now I, how long has it been since I was on the rise stage and we talked about this? I now because of COVID timing means nothing. Was I, it like right. a year? Was it a year? Was it three years? I I don't know. Maybe but, a year. Maybe a year. Okay, so you called me out on this concept of wanting to hit my goal weight, right? And I am still in the same place. Like I would love to hit a goal weight. Right. And when we were on the rise stage, I had lost a lot of weight in a really healthy way. I take that very seriously. But since then, this last year through COVID, I've gained 20 pounds, 20 pounds in one year. I have what? actually never said because that publicly. Because we a global till- pandemic. <laughs> like who on earth knew how to handle this year? Do you know, like, I think it's, I think that women are so hard on themselves for doing things that are very normal, very normal. Good point, because I'm very, very disappointed in myself around the whole thing. Come on. Like, things, not only was it more stressful, your husband's a first responder. You know, you had a son who was transitioning into college. Was he going? Yeah. We didn't know what was happening. And on top of all that, you own a business. And all of us who own businesses, whether the pandemic really made it better or made it way worse, you were affected by what was happening. This is stressful Was this your most stressful year in business or have you had others that were more stressful? Okay, that's such a great question because as you know, I got out of a partnership that was Mm -hmm. a really stressful thing when you and I first met. I would say this year was definitely more stressful. And you you make a great point that uh, my business, because I'm in digital marketing, it was able to do really well this year, but I watched my students suffer and struggle more than I ever have. And I think you had the same experience. watched our community just really go through some hard things. And I took it like really hard. And every day I worried about them and I ate my feelings throughout the entire year. Right. Well, and I think, so then there, I don't know if you felt like this, but I definitely felt an added, there was an added layer of this because I know that there are tactics and tools and habits and rituals that would help with this process. I knew it just the same as you knew if you do these six things or whatever it was, it will help your business. But being someone who's talking about what will help in a time where everybody is stressed and anxious and scared and whatever, then there's an added tension of, should I even say these things? Should we only talk about how hard it is? Am I allowed to be positive here? Am I supposed to? Because I kept coming back to this idea of, look, nobody knows how to deal with a global pandemic in 2020, but there is so much information about how to deal with the side effects. And in business, nobody knows how to deal with a global pandemic in the business you're in, but you for damn sure know what people can do if they build a list, if they build a digital course, if they built these things that have helped so many people before them who have found themselves out of work or unsure or whatever. So you knew you had some answers, but saying that you have answers, like it just, everything, freaking it, A. 
It's so true. You're so right. I have these answers and I didn't necessarily follow through with them. And so then there's this added extra shame that comes with that because I'm like, Amy, you know what to do. Right. You, you've, you've done it before, whether it be my body or with my work or anything like that. But sometimes it's just really hard to get out of your own way when yeah. I've never experienced no one has ever experienced something like we did in 2020. Right. So it's kind of led us to today where we're doing this podcast talking body all about you know what it looks like to love yourself and want to change right. or what it looks like to um, accept yourself, but also have all these issues around it. I mean, mm -hmm. the conversation, I appreciate you uh, inviting me to have this conversation on your platform because I feel as though you have so many women in your audience that it's going to resonate with. I, it right. has to hit home with, right? Well, the reason that we started talking about this is because I was, I mean, this was, it's got to be a year and a half ago that we really so. started to dig into this. And I just kept seeing all of these women I knew. And, and in my instance, it was professionals who were killing it, like building incredible businesses, had incredible careers, were like killing it in their personal life. Just awesome. But we'd sit down and we'd talk and then it would be like, yes, all of these things, but why don't I have six pack abs? All of yep. these things, but I should be a size four. All of these, yes. like- they had done so many great things, but they couldn't even be present in the successes because they felt like they were a failure because of something going on with the way they looked. And that to me just felt wild. Like, how could we possibly, this is not a standard that exists for men, right? Like, right. Free, like look at CEOs and leaders of, and you're just like, okay, that's what you look like. And you're also wildly successful. And the only thing you're owning is the success piece. But for women, it's like, no, no, you have to have it all perfect and perfect based on someone else's narrative, maybe not even your own or you're, or you're failing completely. Oh, a million percent. I have always had this thought in the back of my head, even though I've proved it wrong, it doesn't even go away that I cannot be successful in my business overweight. I cannot be successful as a bigger girl. I cannot be successful if I don't look a certain way. And then in my head, Rachel, this is where it gets really scary. I'll be successful. I'm like, yeah, but I bet I could have done better. I bet I could have made a bigger impact. I bet people would have listened to me more, really trusted me more if I didn't wear my weakness so visibly. And, oh my God. Right. These are thoughts that have gone through my head. Right, I, right. this is the part of the podcast. I hate, I hate telling you this. I'm no, embarrassed that, to tell you this, no, but, but I know so I'm not alone. Real. That is so real. Yeah. Just the idea of like wearing your weakness, like just that word weak, because what you wanted a glass of wine or a cupcake, like how this is so it, it is not, I'm not saying it's stupid. Like you shouldn't think that right, what I think right. is stupid is that we both grew up in a world and millions of women grew up in a world that taught us this. You didn't make this up in your own head. This is learned behavior. And of course, in times of stress, like we've had this year, of course, you're going to sort of go back to coping mechanisms from the past because that's what you know. And you have way more experience doing that than you have about making great choices in times. So you know true. what I'm saying? So it's just, it is a process. It really is. It's not something I think that anybody is going to figure out 
you know, oh, I'm going to make a decision and suddenly my life is going to change. I feel like my health journey over the last decade has been like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. But I, but I'm still moving forward, just not quite as fast as I wish that I was. And I mean, just the fact that you're willing to number one, go on this journey and number two, do it in a way where you're sharing it with other people feels like a huge deal feels like a really big deal. Here's my yeah. question. What is your true no BS? What is your intention? Like, what do you want on the other side of this journey? Because Ugh. it can't just be that you want to help other people and sort of yeah. take them. It also has to be, what do you want for you? So if I had like a wave of magic wand and at the end of the 12 episodes, like, boom, this were to happen, this is grandiose. So I don't actually think this is going to happen, but I'm going to go big first and then I'm going to back up a little bit. What I would love is I would love to understand how to love myself, accept myself, be super confident in my body as it is today, right now while also understanding it's okay and healthy to want to make myself better, to change my body in any way that feels right to me, who cares what anyone else thinks. I want to stand in confidence of that as well. And the reason why that feels very big to me is right now, I want to lose weight. I want to hit a goal weight. I, I want to look good in a bathing suit. And you know me, I will never go publicly in a bathing suit. Like I want to have all those things, but I don't understand if I, here's where I get stuck. If I love myself, if I accept myself, then what if I never change because I'm, I'm okay with who I am. Like right. it's so, I, I don't know if this even makes sense. No, it does make sense to me because I've thought this before when it comes to my ambition or my drive, like for the longest time, I thought if I'm not this hard on myself, you know, if I let myself feel successful, if I let myself have those things, then I'll lose the thing that really makes me, me. And I find that that is could not be further from the truth. And it took me okay. a while to really understand this, that when I allow myself to be present, when I allow myself to rest, when I allow myself to slow down, it recharges me and re-energizes the dream. It gives me what I need to actually go harder. And so I've learned like, oh, you can go out there and you can chase this goal, but you have to have sort of this place of rest to come back to. And I think, you know, I'm talking about that in terms of ambition, but even when you're talking about your health, that place to come back to that sort of touchstone is this love and celebration of your body. Because most women are taught to live in opposition with their body. Our right. body is our enemy. Our body never does what we want it to. It's always letting us down. And it's like, well, what everything in you is wired to believe that like you're wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like that there's something fundamentally wrong with you instead of accepting like, look at this thing that it's doing and not, here's an interesting thing too. Like, every, okay, this is going to sound woo-woo, just like go with me. <laughs> every part of you is you. So the part of you, your brain and your spirit and your energy and your ambition that made you successful in business, that built this incredible life you have is the same part of you that rocks those exact thighs that booty, those boobs, Ugh. those arms, they're all connected. But it's, it feels like, and I'm sure there's, a, you know, I know you're going to talk to all sorts of different people, but I feel like what we most struggle with as women is the disconnection, is that oh, yeah. I'm going to love the parts of me that work 
in the way I, I think they should and disconnect at disassociate from the parts that I think don't. Oh, 1 million percent, which is why like in business, so many of my photos and videos, at least in many first 10 years of my business, maybe not as most recently, because I've been working on this are like boobs up. Like, Mm -hmm. don't, don't show the rest of me. I'm going to kind of disconnect from that. I'm not going to think about how I feel about my body in all the different ways. So just don't take any pictures of me below the waist kind of Mm -hmm. thing. That's the kind of stuff that I think is really sad because although there are some men that feel this way, the majority, because I've spoken to many of them about this, they have never said boobs up in photos or right. Right. It's not even a thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a you thing. Yes. Right. It is. It's a me thing. Interesting too, is that I think like, not that this shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of life, but it does. Let's just be honest when it comes to, like you said, that's sort of what men think. Well, what women, women think, like, honestly, what women think is like, you're so stylish. You always look good. Your hair's always good. You got makeup on your outfits, cute. Like what you're always pulled together. And that's, I think what women notice. So it's like the men are like, yeah, slamming. Look at that ass. The girls are like, oh, her hair. Like, oh, yes, with that outfit and that pencil skirt. Truly, it's 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 the perception that we have of ourselves. Absolutely. It comes back to the perception we have of ourselves. And I think that's where we really want to get honest with in this series and talk about that. You're You're totally right. When you, I already know the answer, but I'm just going to ask. When you are thinking about your business, are Uh you thinking in the past? Are you thinking in the present or are you future oriented? Very future oriented. Absolutely. And incidentally, you are very future oriented and you're very successful, right? Yes. When it comes to your body, you live in the past. Okay. Crazy you should say this. (laughs) You, You always get it, girl. Even if we haven't talked for a month or two, you're like, boom, I got it. Because I was working, you know, I have a coach and I was working with my coach and because I've gained this 20 pounds, we're working on that. And she's not the, a diet coach is like, let's try keto. Let's try. No, she's all about thoughts, feelings, emotions. That's what we do. And so I was telling her, but before when I was losing weight and, and when I was doing da, 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 and she's like, stop living in the past. We cannot live in the past. I don't care what you did before you are here now. And you're right with my body. I'm always in the past. Right. So there's a, I'm going to send you this video that I have watched probably 10 times. I've sent it to everybody. I'm shocked. I haven't sent it to you, which is all about energy and manifestation and quantum physics. That's why I had to watch it 10 times because it was so intense. intense. Like, have you ever seen anything with Joe Dispenza? Yes, but I it's been him. a while. Okay. So I'm going to send you this thing. It's like 10 minutes, but okay. it's basically this idea that most people wake up in the morning and immediately are in the past because they wake up every single morning and they start thinking about all their problems. They think about what's gone wrong. They think about what they need to do today. They think about all of these things. And if you're thinking about problems, you are thinking about things that have already happened. And then you grab your phone and you start scrolling social media and you look at whatever, and you're just sort of adding to this things that have already happened. And this, this very interesting shift into waking up in the morning. And from the second that you are conscious, you're Thoughts are focused in future, in present and in future, in manifesting the life that you want to have, in reaching for who it is that you want to be. 
And it, I mean, he talks about it. It's like such a trip, this video. Okay. I need to check this out. Oh, it's so good. And it has been so powerful for me this year as I've gone through this really hard year because the anxiety of going through divorce for me was so high. Like, what's this going to do to my kids? And then he said this, and then I said that, and then this is what, like all of these things. And so I was waking up in the morning and instantly inside of an anxiety attack when nothing had happened, right? Because our minds control the way we feel. And for you, I think like, if you're waking up and you're thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't gained this weight. Like, I can't believe I did this, blah, blah, blah. You're living in past choices. You're shaming yourself for those. And when we live in the past, we make that past our future. Because we just, we're recreating it, right? Like you're telling yourself all these things. You're like, screw it. I already did this. I already gained this weight. I may as well have whatever I, I'll have the cupcakes. I'll have the thing because I'm already here. So we, not on purpose, but we accidentally create the parts of our past that we do not want in our future. As why I started doing this practice with, like I was saying, the gratitude thing. I yeah. started doing that because I was like, I need something to control my thoughts. I have to ground myself in positive energy in the morning. And the best way I know to do that is to sit in gratitude. It is literally the most important thing. I don't do it enough. I am, I hate saying this. I uh, start it and then I know I'm not alone here. And then I don't get into the practice of it. So right. I'm sporadic, but it's that consistency of right. what you're doing with the gratitude that makes all the difference. It is not only is it truly life-changing for my attitude and my energy, but it has changed like the moves that I have made in business in the last two months, which is 100% because I start my day going, where are we going? Where are we going? Where? And there's something about this process where I am focused so intensely on, I've always been future, same as you, I think most entrepreneurs and dreamers are. I've always been focusing on the future, but in doing this meditation work every morning, I, I, I just, okay, this is going to sound very woo woo, but I know you're here for it, that I am, it's, I'm almost like decreasing the distance between who I think I'm going to be in the future and who I am today. Like I've started, I'm not waiting for that future to act like that person. I'm not waiting for that circumstance to have that energy or joy or love. I'm not waiting for those. Oh, when these four things happen, then I'm going to make a bold move and reach out to this person. I'm just freaking doing it. And the reason that I think this is a powerful idea, and I have not done research on how this relates to the body, but one of the things that I, in in my meditation on like, okay, where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? I think of like the health that I want to have, vitality, the energy, the strength, like I, what is this going to feel like? What is this going to look like? Whatever. And in doing that, the weirdest thing has happened where, uh, cause sorry, I'm going really deep down a rabbit hole. I love this. Staying with me. Bring it. That when you are doing, when you're talking about doing meditation and you're talking about manifestation, so manifesting the life that you want, manifestation is all about being thankful as if it has already happened to you. So you are meditating in gratitude for the things that like you believe the universe or God has your back. And these things you will be taken care of. You will be. So 
I'll send you some videos. <laughs> I need them all. Like such, this is such a rabbit hole. But in, in sort of being thankful for the health that I want and the life that I want and the energy that I want, it's almost like I was programming my mind to believe that I already had those things. And then yes. I believe that I do. So like lately I've been looking in the mirror and I'm like, damn, okay, okay, but okay, I see you. I see that. I see a little curve. And then I literally did that to myself yesterday. Like I put on Levi's, which are so, oh, jeans are so tight. 2020 and having tight uh, pants is just canceled. But I, yes. I had a press thing, so I had to wear real pants. And I put them on and I looked and I was like, and here's the thing. I'm not doing anything different. Uh, I have the exact same body that I had, you know, all those months ago. This is, this is why I love this conversation that you're like, it doesn't look, my butt doesn't look any different today than it did three months ago, but I feel different about my, my butt perception. today because of this work you've been yes. doing. Yes. So when you say you wake up in the morning, where do I want to go and who do I want to be? Are those right. those two questions you ask? Well, okay. so I do, I'll send you the videos that I use. Okay. I do some guided meditation. So I usually get up, I have my coffee. And then the first thing that I'm doing is feeding my mind with sort of some kind of information. So I would say in the last several months, I've, I've really been focusing a lot of my learning on focus, energy, manifest, like how do all those things work? And it's not woo woo hippie. Like it's, it is science. I'm watching sort of these deep thoughtful videos. And sometimes I have to watch them five days in a row because I don't understand what they're saying. But it's that old saying of like, energy flows where focus goes. Yes. There's one of them, right? So what you focus on, you create. And my gut is that, and again, it's not about weight, but like talking about this time that you've been in and feeling frustrated. My gut, because I've been here many times, is that you started making choices that felt like past choices to you when it came to your nutrition or maybe not moving your body the way that you wanted to. And then you started to focus on it. Oh crap, I'm doing it again. Oh, you shouldn't have had that, whatever. And then it's the next day and you're still stressed out and you're like, well, you had it yesterday. Who cares? Like you may as well. It's a pandemic. So I'm stressed out. Right? right. And I'm not saying that because you shouldn't have. I'm saying that because I think there's power in understanding why, why we do oh. what we do. And I do it's think so true. you focused on and accidentally created something you didn't want to happen. So I think that the shift for me is that I'm focusing on, I'm imagining a future version of myself that just like has all these things when it comes to her health and feeling grateful for that thing made that who I am. I I know that sounds like a hippie, but it's real. You know, you're making me think about when, when I said earlier about, can you love your body and still want to change it? There is a part of me through this journey, through these, these 12 episodes that I wonder, what if I loved my body and then I was just okay with how I looked and how much pressure that would take off? Because when I think about how I got here about living in the past, what I've done in the past, what's happened in the past and and how my eating and eating my emotions and all tie into that. I think about uh, the fact that I just did a virtual event. It was a two day virtual event for my audience. And I hate to say this, but a huge portion of that experience was me worried about getting up on that virtual stage. And it was going to be a full body thing and my weight. 
What are they going to think about the fact that I've gained weight? Uh, Everyone's going to see me. I'm going to be exposed. All of these thoughts were all around my weight, but it was in the past, like, but I've looked thinner before. I was doing better before. I'd wake up every morning. My first thought is I got to get on that virtual stage. Right. And so what I, why I bring this up is it literally is so sad that I was there to serve my audience and be present and do something amazing, be on this uh, stage and teach and all of that. And my number one thought is I'm going to look overweight. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. Well, the first thing, the I know you know this, but nobody was thinking about you. <laughs> I, it's funny. It's, you say, I know you know this. I don't think that, Rachel. I don't oh, think okay. no one's going to think that. But then what if I got to a place that what if they did think, ooh, Amy looks like she's gained some weight. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't give a crap what you then think. You, then you what won, if I got then there? You won the whole game. Won, won the, the whole, whole game. game. And Rachel, I am very far from that place right well, now. Well, I, you know, I, my mom came to visit maybe about a month ago and I was, talking to her about her health. And I was saying the way that I pursue health, and I actually think this is the key to everything. And, you know, she absolutely rolled her eyes and like, you're insane. If you lived your life in a way that the only goal you had was to have the most energy and the most focus in order for you to pursue the dreams of your heart. If you truly lived your life, if your nutrition and your workouts, that was the only goal. Oh, the, this is what's crazy is that, that not that this is the intention, but that you would have the results that you want now, but you do it in a way that was loving and caring and that you don't even know who you are because your energy is so fantastic. And she was like, that's not true. I'm like, no, it is. Oh yeah. I have spent this year really diving into what are the foods that are like great, uh, get rid of mental fatigue and brain fog and allow me to have energy and all of those things. And if that's the only goal, like even this morning, God, you know me and you've made fun of me for this before. I hate the cold. I freaking hate you it. You hate it. I hate it. And I have to go every morning out to the garage. It's so cold. It's like 30 degrees here in the morning. I got my like beanie on, whatever. And every morning of my life, I just want to stay in my house and drink my coffee out of my snowman mug and not have to be in the cold. But every morning, like I go out to the gym sometimes and I'm like, let's kill it. We're about to do some stuff for strength. A lot of times like this morning, I was like, my, I, all I, the goal is just energy. I know I have to go into this conversation with Amy. I want to be present. I want to be focused. I want all of those things. I literally went out to my gym this morning and just danced to Spotify for 30 minutes. No Jumped way. up and down, did some, you know, cause I'm like, it's what, it's not about my body looking a, a certain way. It really is about the way I feel. But the thing was I did 30 minutes of cardio this morning. I did, yes. you know, I did stuff that was really good and will affect my body, but that wasn't the goal. Okay. And I did weights this morning to lose weight and I hated every moment right. of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I heard something recently that I have not stopped thinking about. And I think it's so relevant for what you just said about strength training. I, it, he said, if you, if your body is doing one thing and your emotions are doing the opposite, they cancel each other out. Oh, hell. Then I've been canceling things out 
for a very long time. Right. I yes. was like, how often, and I've done this a million times, do I go to do a workout and I freaking hate it and I'm bitter and I'm just like barely, and I'm just like, it doesn't work, all of these things. And I thought, oh my, that is so Whoa. real. When you, when you're, when you're physically doing one thing and your emotions are doing another, it's like an atomic bomb. I even think like where my mind just went with that is like times in our lives where the sort of energy or the bitterness or the feelings that come out of something like that are not worth what it were, are not worth the orgasm that your partner got to have. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's so true. But holy cow, I I mean, so much of, I always come from this place, I always have come from this place of, you know, uh, my dad had this saying that it was so not supportive. God bless him. He didn't mean it, but he would say, if it's not hard work, you're not working hard enough. Like meaning like if it's not grueling, you're not hustling. Wow. If, if, if you don't feel like, oh, I don't want to do it, but I should, then you're right. not doing the hardest work you should be doing. So in everything, I feel that way. And so that's okay. Everything I do, Rachel, when it has to come to my body is to lose weight. But what if I like did what you said? What if I wanted to have the most energy, the most focus in order to live my very best life? And that's why I moved my body. That's why I ate foods that were healthy. That's a whole different ballgame. I am not anywhere close to that, but I would love it. Well, and I think then if it's about things that generate energy in you, then when you're thinking through the idea of moving your body, you have to choose stuff that feeds your spirit, not depletes it. Yes. So like, I know you, you love going for walks with Scout. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, how do I make that bigger? How do I make that bolder? How do I, Scout and I Great are going to go on a walk question. and then the last, you know, half a mile, I'm going to challenge myself to like jog or do like a mall walk. Like I'm just going to do something that sort of elevates <laughs> it a little bit. Like how do you elevate the things that you enjoy instead of, thinking that you sort of got to take your medicine, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is, this is the price I pay for wanting to have those cupcakes. Like I got to go in yeah. here and punish myself through something that I hate versus like, oh, I really like this handful of things. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I really like so yoga. Or I really like a walk or I really like whatever. And I'm going to focus on foods that give me energy. So I'm going to, I'm going to leafy green vegetables and blueberries and broccoli and all of these things that are proven to like make us feel better. I'm going to lean into that. And I think then this is what I love about the idea of energy too, is that the, if we could all figure this out in the world, truly learning to eat intuitively, I think is the answer to everything. As much as there are plans you and I have different bodies. We have different genetics and so does everybody else. And so something that works really well for you or maybe your sister or whatever might not work well for me. But if I'm comparing myself to what you're doing, I'm always going to come up lacking as opposed to I'm going to eat for the things that give me energy. Oh, like I I was talking to, I'm going to start working out with a new trainer and because I wanted a trainer I was like, I'm, I'm feeling a little bored with my strength training. I kind of like someone to kick my body a little bit. So I'm going to do some virtual workouts. And okay. side note, it was very intentional. I mean, I looked for a trainer like I looked for a date. Like I was- <laughs> Of course you, you did. Because yeah. I think the energy that someone brings 
to that moment with you is everything. If it's it's the wrong vibe, it's going to throw you off. So I was, I was talking to him on our first initial call and he was just asking like, tell me about your nutrition, whatever. And I said, oh, you know, I do this. And then probably like two meals a week, I'll just kind of let myself have whatever I'll eat, you know, whatever. And I was kind of saying it truthfully as like a, that's my cheat meal. And I'm going to let myself live my life, whatever. And he said, just out of curiosity, how do you feel when you work out the next day? When you, like, if you have a cheat meal, if you do like spaghetti and garlic bread with the kids, whatever, the next morning you get up, do you feel like garbage or do you have energy? And I was like, I have energy. I actually like very intentionally plan it when I'm going to do a long run because I'm like, oh, this is great. And he was like, hey, pay attention to that. Because if you're smart about how you do it, this thing doesn't have to be this negative experience in your life. It could be like, oh, I'm going to carb load and tomorrow I'm going to feel fire because I carb loaded and now I have this burst of energy. So anyway, I am going off. Sorry. I, (laughs) I know. I'm actually glad you brought this up. One of the questions we ask in the podcast is, do you eat everything that you want to eat? Okay. So it's, it's a weird question. Do you eat everything that you want to eat now when, okay. So when I ask you that question, what do you say? Yeah. Okay. And then I, I, but the truth is I do wish there were some things I didn't want to eat. Oh, amen to that. Because there's certain things that I eat that end up making me feel like crap, like dairy, but I love it. I love cheese so much. And so once a week I'm like, Ooh, and I, you know, I have something and then I'm like, oh, that made me feel terrible. But I feel like, and remember in this podcast, I'm not the teacher. So I'm fully the student. Right. So I don't have all the answers. That's why we're talking to experts and people that have experienced things that I haven't. But when you ask me, do I eat everything I want to eat? Yeah. My first initially, like, I mean, instinct is no, not even oh, close. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Like not even close. And then if you ask like, well, what do you want to eat? And I'd be like, well, I, I could eat like 12 cupcakes in a sitting if I let myself or Hobie, my husband will eat a burger and fries whenever he wants. And right. I am never eating a burger and fries with him, but That's here's so the, here's the interesting. thing. I know, but here's the thing that I want to explore is that, like you said, you have pasta and garlic bread and the next day you have energy. I feel like why I'm eating this stuff has to be examined. Meaning I want to stuff my feelings down. I don't want to feel something. I don't want to experience something. So I'll eat the cupcakes or I'll I'll eat the burger and fries because I'm having a bad day. I think that's a very different experience than somebody intuitively eating um, and not beating themselves up over it. Really interesting because here's my follow-up question. When you're eating the cupcakes or the burger and fries, are you, are you enjoying it? Are you savoring the bites? Are you? No, Mm. no. And so going back to that quote about, you know, doing something and and different emotions around it, what you were saying, I'm eating the cupcake and I don't eat 12 at one time. I'm exaggerating. Let's say have a few cupcakes. I don't just have one for the record, but let's say two, I'm eating two cupcakes and I'm feeling very guilty. And I'm like, I ruined the whole day. I go to bed with regrets. Like, come on. Okay. Eat the damn dude, cupcake and move that on. Is, this is, I'm so excited. because Are you going to talk to like nutritionists, right? Yes. Some of the people yes. interviewing. That is so interesting. And I've never thought about it before, but that is, I, if you hadn't prompted me, I would never, I enjoy everything I eat. 
I mean, so damn I you. Have, I can't even imagine. Like we made these amazing cookies last night. We've been doing holiday baking. We made these amazing cookies. So freaking good. Like they look delish. They are great. And I ate one and I savored it and it was so good. And it was, and the kids were like, can we have one more? I was like, yeah, you know, whatever it's holidays. And I was like, I'm good. Cause I enjoy every moment of it. And I can tell you that the times, cause I'm an emotional eater, like recovering in this way, the times that I, I, it is exactly what you said. I never thought about this disconnect before that when I'm binging or when I'm emotionally eating, there is no emotional connection to the food that I am eating. I'm not present in that bite. Zero. I'm just, it's like, I'm just trying to soothe myself or this sort of like, I think when I do it, there's, there's like anger. Do you feel kind of angry? Oh yes. There's like every emotion for me, but I can see the anger part. Right. It's just sort of like, oh, just may as well eat this all. Like I, you know, which is so, it's like, you're mad at the world or you're mad at other people. (laughs) And so you punish yourself. Yes. Crazy. Wow. The emotional connection of food. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to unpacking that one food has, I've never had a good relationship with food since I was really young. I I talk about this in the podcast. I was in a Weight Watchers meeting at eight years old counting, you know, back then it wasn't points, but it was something like it. And so my relationship with food has never been a good one, but I'm also uh, 44 years old and I just turned 40. I did I 44. I had to think about it. 44 years old. I really do not want to keep doing this right. and having these conversations. I wish right. I didn't have to have these conversations. I wish this right. podcast wasn't necessary. Right. But it is. But it is. We all have our yeah. stuff. We all have our stuff we have to unpack and deal with. I'm curious though. I feel like we've talked about this before, but I forgot your answer. Remember that? So years ago, um, I was watching Bob Green on Oprah. And yeah. he said, what is food to you? Like food is dot, 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 like fill in the blank with the word. Like what is food to you? My first thought that came uh, was love. (laughs) No, love or comfort. Mine is food is fun. So for me, food was always wrapped in celebration. Like we always had big family parties and it's the good memories that I have being little. So food is fun, which a lot of times in my family, if you're bored, you eat. Oh yeah. food Food is fun. But I was, the first time I had this conversation with a group of people, I had a woman next to me who I'd known for years who had struggled with eating disorders for most of her life. And I said this question to the group and under her breath, she said, the enemy. Ooh. And then I have someone else that I've had this conversation with who grew up doing ballet. And I said, food is, and she said, rules. Oh, that would make sense. And so depending on how you were raised or what your parents taught you or whatever food means something to us. And it feels oh. like if you can unpack what it means, you know, funny you asked that question. I was recently, I can't remember if it had to do, I think it's the Enneagram that I got some information. I'm a two. I know you're a three, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I always want to be a three. Um, <laughs> true. And there's something, I think it was about that, about my, my, your biggest fear as a two is that you won't be loved or you're not enough. And so isn't it funny? And that is very true to me. My biggest fear is I won't be loved. Isn't it funny that food is love to me? And isn't it funny? I have issues with gaining weight and body issues and all of that because food 
takes care of that one biggest fear I have that I won't be loved. And I just told you that food is love. Oh my gosh. It's right? so I mean, good. It's so good, honestly, Amy. And I feel like this podcast is going to help so many people because so many people, not just women, are going to see their story reflected in the work that you're doing. And I want to acknowledge I, it because it's not easy so. work. Yeah, it's and, not easy work and it's so important. So important. And it's not easy work for you because you also right. grew up in a sort of a an industry where it was like, I got to be polished. I've got to present well. I've got to do all these things. That's how you came up in business. And so this is a freaking bold ass decision to do this thing. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And I think what I'm most excited about is obviously I'm the student. We're going to look to other people to teach us. We're going to have women of different races, different sizes, different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, It's definitely not all about just me and what I think and feel. I want to explore what other women are thinking and feeling. We have this great segment where you'll hear throughout the entire 12 episodes of we're asking women questions like women in your office, my office, different around the world you know, what do you think of this or that? And to hear their answers, it's like, oh my gosh, we're all so similar, even though we're all so different in many ways. So it's going to be a journey for sure. And I'm here for it. I can't wait. Well, the podcast is called Talking Body. Talking Body. Yeah. And it comes out this week. Yep. January 11th. Yeah. We're so excited to work on this project with you. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, yes, I want to hear all the conversations. I want to join in. It is a limited series. So it's not something that goes on forever. It's 12 parts. Like you said, you can subscribe to the show in the show notes. You can go check it out. It's really freaking important, dude. I'm so honestly, I'm so proud of you because Thank this is you. a big and deal. I, so so I'm grateful that you all had the idea to do this and you invited me to be a part of it. So it's going to be a great thing and I really appreciate it. So let's do this. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.